Hello, sports fans, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the KSN Underground Podcast. My name is Brian Gailey, and I am the host for your podcast. For those who do not know, I am the publisher and owner of Climate Sports Network and sister company, Climate Falls News. You may also know me as the sports photographer you see along the sidelines at the games. Thank you for turning in to the all-new podcast. If this is your first podcast, Welcome. If you are a seasoned podcasting veteran, you might find that the format of this show a bit different than most. I have designed the KSN Underground Podcast as a show focused on high school sports athletes, coaches, and programs. It's all based around a conversation between myself and our weekly guest. This week, on our first episode, we chat with Mazama football head coach, Vic Lease. I recently sat down with Coach Lease and discussed this year's football program. Coach and I chat about his players, specifically those who have stepped up to fill the holes left by last season's graduating seniors. Coach Lease opens up about who he believes is the Vikes' most underrated player. And lastly, Coach gives us his scouting report on the Vikings' week one opponent, the Pirates from Marshfield High School. But more on that in a moment. I first want to thank our sponsors for this episode. You are KS Insiders. You might be asking, who was a KS Insider? Let me explain. Last year, parents and fans would approach me asking, how can they support Climate Sports Network? I really didn't have an answer. In the off season, I developed the KS Insider Program, a way for fans to support what is done here at Climate Sports Network. This program is designed for anyone that loves high school athletics. This could be a parent or relative of a student athlete, a fan of a school or its programs, even a fan of what we do here at Climate Sports Network can now help support KSN by pledging as little as $5 per month to become a KS Insider. For more information, visit ClamouthSports.net and click on the yellow button at the top of the page that says, Become a KS Insider. Our program is managed through the Patreon platform. There is no obligation for you to sign up and you can cancel at any time. Thank you, KS Insiders. Content like this cannot be made without support from people like you. Now, on to my conversation with Coach Lease. For those who may not know, Coach Lease is entering his 25th season as a football coach. Coach Lease started his coaching career in 1994 as an assistant coach at Wilhelmina High School, located west of Salem. Since then, he has coached at Silverton, Santiam, and Mazama. Coach Lease even has a few years with Lost River, too. Over those 25 years, Coach Lease has a record of 103 wins and 83 losses. He has coached the Mazama Vikings to seven consecutive Skyline Conference football championships. And last year, he led his number one ranked team to the Oregon 4A state championship and defeated number two ranked Marist by a score of 27 to 21. I am pleased to have Coach Lease as our guest on our first episode of KSN Underground. Here is my conversation with Coach Lease. Coach, every year, every season, sometimes game by game, teams mature and grow, 
What have you learned about your team so far this year? Now, we have a lot of maturing, a lot of growing to do. We played fairly well at the Jamboree last week, but made a ton of mistakes, and we got to get those cleaned up if we're going to have success against a, a good opponent like we're facing this Friday. With last year's graduating seniors leaving some holes in your offense and defense, who's stepped up so far to fill those vacancies? Um, I'd say the biggest uh, individual that stepped up is uh, uh, Tyson Van Gastel, a quarterback. Um, he's done a really good job for us. He uh, read the veer really well last Friday night. Um, we have some issues passing the football, but uh, I think that will come along. He's a sophomore, so he's got a lot to a lot of room to mature. On the offensive line, I would say Isaac Pena has really uh, stepped up on the offensive line at guard for us. McDonald, uh, Keegan McDonald at tackle. Uh, Daniel Yancey is just an outstanding athlete, and he's he's been able to play both ways for us at offensive tackle and middle linebacker. And then receiver, Savian Burke, I've done some great things there. Brendan Monteith has also done a great job at tight end. And then, uh, of course, uh, Brandon Gailey had a good night Friday night too, running the football. He was actually selected as back of the uh, back of the jamboree. So um, we have a number of young men that have stepped up, offensive line and skill positions. I think it's good to hear all those names. You got a lot of a lot of tools, a lot of weapons there on the team. Mm-hmm. Your guys start off in two tough opponents this this season. Uh, you're on the road at Marshfield and Coos Bay, and then Cascade Christian, the 2023 A state champs. You've got them in Medford. Uh, I know you guys will be ready for both teams, but first you face Marshfield. What's your scouting report on the Pirates, and what do you see as being their biggest threat? They're an exceptional passing team. Um, they have a quarterback that is a two-star rated athlete. Uh, they got receivers all over the place. They got a six-seven kid. They got a six-three kid, um, and they go up and get it. Uh, they're going to be tough to defend. Defensively, I think they're going to be good. I don't. I don't think they're like outstanding like they were four years ago when we played them. Um, that's the reason they beat us is because their defense was outstanding four years ago. Um, this year they're a different team offensively. They rely on passing the ball downfield and getting the ball to those um, big receivers. So we have our hands full there. They, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a very tough game um, defending them uh, more than anything else. I think we're going to be able to do what we do, uh, and that's run the football, and, but they're going to be tough to defend. Uh, you talked a little bit about your QB1 choice. Let's go back to that for just a moment. Tristan last year did a remarkable job for the Vikings last season. He led the Vikes to victory in, at the state championship. He has gone on to play ball for Western Oregon University. Those are some big shoes to fill. Uh, your QB1 that you picked for Marshfield, can you go into a little bit more depth on, on your choice there and why? The main reason is his athleticism and his ability to make good decisions. I've had a number of quarterbacks here at Mazama. Tristan was the best quarterback we've had at Mazama, hands down. And he became that individual that made good decisions, became a game manager. He had a lot of talent around him, so he was able to distribute the ball to that talent in key situations, and he he made exceptional decisions. And towards the end of his senior season, he got to the point where he didn't make mistakes uh, in critical situations, and that's really what I need uh, from a quarterback in our offensive system. They need to make the right decisions, but they also don't want to make a bad situation worse. And we say that a lot with our quarterbacks, especially running the veer. And I believe Tyson is very cool under pressure, um, and he makes good decisions. He doesn't get too high with the highs or too lows with the lows. That was also another selling point for him. Now, Tyson is the lone sophomore on the team, right? 
Yes, on the varsity squad. Yeah. So a little bit of young talent, a little bit of growth to go. Did he play JV last year? No, he was a fresh. He started as a freshman quarterback. So he started as freshman quarterback, and this year is going to get the nod as varsity. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome for your program. Absolutely. We rarely start sophomores as it is. If a sophomore starts for us, they're probably an all-state kid that will go on and play at the college level. Uh, Tristan Lee was a sophomore starter for us, but he started as a DB. Cole Brosterhouse was a sophomore starter for us, but he started as a, as a receiver defensive back. Um, Dominic Hankins was a sophomore starter for us, but he was a defensive lineman. It's very rare to have one kid as a sophomore. This class that we just graduated, we had three sophomores uh, that started for us out of that class. Tyson is the only one in that class, and you know, his athleticism and his ability to play varsity football speak, will speak for itself, I'm sure. Your running game is is the bread and butter for Mazama Athletics for, for as long as I can remember for your football program. You've got a lot of power behind Zeke Keaton. you got speed behind Aiden Kent and Brandon Gailey. Uh, we know your, your team is going to have a lot of a strong running game. This strength could occasionally leave your receivers open uh, as opponents try to stuff the box to, to get those kids under control. Uh, can we expect to see you take advantage of that uh, open receivers downfield? Absolutely. Um, and we, you know, we attempted to do that in a jamboree, and we had, um, out of the five passes, we, we had 36 plays, we threw the ball five times. During those five passes, three of them were off of a receiver's hands, that they dropped the ball. The other one was a bad pass, and the other one was, was intercepted, and the, and the last one was a overthrown pass. So we should have been, we, we should have had three receptions on the night, big, big receptions. Um, but we didn't get it done. So we're definitely working on that this week. And, you know, it becomes a big play for us because so many teams are focused on stopping our running game that when we do pass the football, it ends up typically being a big play, a 20-plus yard play typically. So would we expect to see a more balanced offense this year? No, absolutely not. We're going to run the football. We were more balanced last year. Um, than we've ever have been at Mazama. When you pass for over 100 yards a game, and that's what we averaged last year, we passed for in the six games that we played, um, we passed for over 100 yards in each one of those games, but we still rush for about 350, 400 yards. We're hoping to pass for about 50, 75 yards a game and be about 400 yards on the ground. You know, it's nothing new to us. When I have receivers and I have a quarterback, we'll throw the ball more, but if that's not going to happen, we're going to run the rock. We are extremely proficient at running the football. You know, it's not just a three yards and a cloud of dust. You know, that's what a lot of people like to simplify what we do here. But we can attack teams on the ground in multiple avenues and do a lot of different things running the football. So we're going to continue to do that. We just briefly mentioned the names Heaton, Kent, and Gailey, but you have a dozen seniors on your team this year, seniors like Tanner Wood, Sabian Burke, Andrew Wynn, Gunnar Dulce, uh, Ben Whalen, Taylor Casey, Daniel Yancey, Nate Tramp, and Isaac Pena, who you talked about a minute ago. They've all played together since way before high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a lot of experience in many of your seniors' starters. Of those seniors, who have you seen improve the most over those seasons? Boy, that's a that's a tough question. I don't. It, um, I would say Isaac Pena really has improved. Really impressed me last Friday night on the offensive line and defensive line for that matter. He struggled last year a ton. He was actually in the starting lineup and he just 
did not improve. And he came in this year uh, really focused on making a statement and, and doing some things done for us up front. So I think offensive line-wise, I think it would be Isaac Pena. Skill position-wise, I would think there there's two of those in that senior class. The first one would be Brandon Gailey, who has really worked on his skills as not only a running back but also a receiver. He needs to improve on his blocking, um, and he still needs to continue to improve on his receiving. But he's definitely a dangerous runner. He's got breakaway speed, and um, he's got good vision to be able to see the open lane and run well. The other one is Savian Burke. You know, Savian is kind of really athletic kid. He doesn't look like he's extremely athletic, but he is. And he's got very good hands. And, you know, he's lived in the shadow of Cole Brosterhouse, which Cole Brosterhouse cast a huge shadow, but he's doing a really good job for us. So offensively, I would say those three individuals. Defensively, it would have to be Tanner Wood. He's playing strong safety for us. He's calling out all of the assignments defensive back-wise. He's doing a great job covering. He uh, comes up hard on the run. I'm very, very impressed with him defensively uh, out of that senior group. Out of those same kids, there's a lot of them that are doing multiple sports. I think every one of them you mentioned there is doing multiple sports all year long, whether it be wrestling with Burke and and track. Uh, Gailey is doing track as well. Uh, you got a lot of kids that are doing multiple things. Those those other sports have to be able to help out on the football field as well. You know, we encourage multi-sport athletes. My wife and I, we've raised our own children that way to be multi-sport athletes. My wife was a a three-sport athlete in high school. I was a three-sport athlete in high school. And as an athletic director, we encourage multi-sport athletes. We just believe it creates a well-rounded athlete. The benefits you get by being coached by multiple athletes and their uh, views on things and their philosophies on things, it just it just is better for an individual to grow and mature, uh, not only in athletics, but in life. So, yes, you know, a number of those young men are at minimum two-sport athletes. Um, some are three-sport athletes. You know, we, we enjoy watching. You know, I, Isaac Pena is a three-sport athlete. You know, he plays football, he wrestles, and he track now. And he was a baseball player originally, and now he switched to track. You know, we enjoy that, and we support that. And I think one of those things has definitely made him better because of it. It's, it's outstanding to be able to see these kids all year long and be able to cover what they're doing. On that same note, you're talking about some of the most improved. Who would you say is your most underrated player on the squad? Underrated. God, I, I would, you know, I would have to say Nathan Tramp. He does some things on the offensive line. He calls our fronts for us. He makes the calls and blocking scheme up front. Defensive line wise, you know, he's a, he's that anchor defensive end. He is, um, you know, he's unheralded, especially when you're a lineman. You know, we promote our linemen because they're so vitally important to us for our running game. Um, so our, our backs will end up getting the press. You know, they'll be in the newspaper. They'll, you know, rush for so many yards. They're going to get touchdowns. They're going to do all that stuff. And, the you know, the, our offensive line is, is always unheralded. He's the best player on our offensive line. And he, like I said, off, offensively makes all those calls. And defensive line, if he's not the best player, he's got to be in the top two. But he won't. He won't get the press. You know, he won't. Uh, he won't get the recognition and, until uh, we get in that all league meeting and hopefully all state at the end of the year. But I would 
say definitely he is the most underrated player on our team. Well, you definitely can't get those breakaway plays from the running backs without the, the lineman creating a hole, can you? Yeah, that's correct. That's so, correct. and Tramps, uh, we've been watching him for years now, and he's done a remarkable job, and he's a leader out there on the field yes. as well. He, everybody kind of rallies around him. Yes. And, uh, yeah, well, he was selected. Um, our three captains that were uh, selected in the votes this year were Nathan Tramp, Daniel Yancey, and Brandon Gailey. That's fantastic. The, the things that we get to see out there and experience this year, I'm already smiling and, and looking forward to it. Uh, this Friday over, over in Coos Bay is going to be awesome. One last question before we wrap up. Coach, you have been coaching for quite a while. We chatted over the off season about where you came from, how you got here, uh, how you got started in coaching. Maybe that's a conversation for another uh, episode I've been underground. Um, but what I'd like to know before we go is, what is it about football that that is your favorite part about coaching? When I was a kid... I, you know, I came from a very poor family. We didn't have very much at all. My sense of pride, my sense of identity and who I became is, uh, is all rooted in football. Coaches over the years that uh, developed me as a young man, the teams that I got to play on, the championships that I got to play for, um, being selected as a captain, those types of things were difference makers in my life and they, they molded me. And, um, so as a coach, I, I, I feel very uh, responsible to give back to these young men that I, you know, I got so much from football, I want to give them those things. I coach hard. Anybody that sees me, knows me, knows that I coach hard. But I'm not belligerent. I'm not derogatory to my kids. When we talk about things, it's specific about their play when I'm, when I'm talking about football. But after that, when it's all said and done, we'll sit down and have you know, dinner together. Um, you know, they call on me. They, I still have kids that have played for me. They come and visit me at my home, um, you know, talk on the phone, all those things. You know, we check in with each other over the years. And you know, I got guys that are in their 30s now that have played for me. And, you know, in, in, in making a difference in their lives, teaching them how to grow and be a responsible man. Um, the biggest thing about our, our program is the one thing that they will get when they graduate is how to deal with adversity correctly. In this day and age, there's too many guys that uh, are faced with adversity and they want to crawl into a bottle or um, crawl into a pill bottle or um, do something that, you know, um, that uh, makes them numb and disassociates them to, from from the problem and overcoming. And we want them to learn how to deal with it, you know, and uh, deal with it the right way to overcome. We say, uh, you know, that adversity is only an opportunity to get better. That's all it is. It's just an opportunity to get better, no matter uh, what you face. Not pout, throw your hands in the air and, um, you know, and be that guy. You want to be the guy that's a leader and, and is doing the right thing. And, if I can teach these young men to do that, then I've done my job. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Coach. Is there anything else you'd like to add today? Go Vikes. Uh, we will see you this Friday in Coos Bay at Marshfield. Uh, it's going to be an exciting game. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you there. All right. I want to give a special thank you to Coach Lease for being on the show this week and discussing Mazama football, the student-athletes, and a bit of strategy heading into their season-opening game against Marshfield this Friday night on the road in Coos Bay. Climate Sports Network will be at Marshfield with a pregame show live from the field. Throughout the game, we'll be providing updates via our social media, 
So look for those updates on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search Klamath Sports Network and give us a like so you don't miss out. For those who cannot attend in person, the game is scheduled to be broadcast by our friends over at Table Rock Sports via their YouTube page. This episode is brought to you this week by our KS Insiders. If you would like to learn more about the KS Insider program, visit KlamathSports.net and click the yellow button at the top of the page. For my guest, Mazama Football Head Coach, Vic Lease, I am Brian Gailey, and we will see you on the field. Yeah.